Welcome, everybody. This is another episode of the Spirit Ninjas Spiritual AF Podcast, episode number 26, people. And today we have an amazing guest, Miss Melody Fletcher. She's a Hay House author of the book Deliberate Receiving. Finally, the universe makes some freaking sense. And this was such an awesome podcast. You guys have to listen. Melody really breaks it down for us in such a way that's easy to understand how you can manifest what you want in your life, how the universe works. And she likens it to like a 3D printer. And there's nothing really woo about it. It's just science. So you guys got to stay tuned. This is a phenomenal episode. You'll get a lot out of it. So stay tuned after the little jingle. Hey, you just turned into the Spirit Ninja's Spiritual as Fuck podcast. The show that aims to inspire, uplift, and questions everything. And now your hosts, Bart Rigel and Holly Emerson. Let's get started. <laughs> Melody, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you on. I got to say, when I got your email, it was it was hilarious. <laughs> so in your email, you mentioned uh, like a word, awesome sauce, which I haven't heard in like 15 years. And what's funny, <laughs> the, I know. <laughs> Awesome sauce. old school, yo. No, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And what's funny is that the next day, my friend who I'm texting, he replies back saying, awesome sauce. I'm like, awesome sauce? How <laughs> weird. And the following day after that, we get a message in our Facebook group of some other random guy, and he's talking about awesome sauce. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> the law of attraction, it's real. <laughs> oh, my God. Ah! <laughs> so... Awesome sauce. Awesome sauce yeah. everywhere. Yeah, 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 totally. So we call you Awesome Sauce. Melody Awesome Sauce Melody Fletcher. Awesome Sauce Fletcher. That's right. That's right. I don't mind that. <laughs> so Thanks good. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, this is exciting. So you call yourself, you, you, you teach people about the technology of reality. So what yeah. does that mean? Well, you know, um, when you start to get into the world of, you know, reality creation, you hear people say, you create your own reality, you create your own reality. But what the hell does that actually mean? You know, <laughs> and then people get the idea that it's, oh, it's your thoughts, your thoughts create your reality. They don't, by the way. But uh, uh, then they, you know, everybody hears that. And then they're like trying to censor their thoughts and think good thoughts only. And I get so many letters and emails from people, oh, letters, like, yes, they come by <laughs> owl um, from Hogwarts. <laughs> No one sends letters anymore. I get emails <laughs> and, and, and notifications um, uh, from people who are like, I've been trying to think happy, happy thoughts, and this devastating thing happened to me. I mean, this isn't just like I was thinking happy, happy thoughts, and then some guy flipped me off on the street. This is, I've been trying to think happy, happy thoughts like they told me to, and now I've been diagnosed with stage four cancer. Now, you know, I lost my marriage. Now I got fired from my job. Now I got, you know, and I'm devastated and I don't understand this stuff's supposed to work. I feel strongly that this stuff's supposed to work. You know, this has gone beyond people just playing with this a little bit to get parking spaces. People resonate with this so strongly that they, they can feel the truth that's in there somewhere. But then they are there, you know, there's a misconception about how it actually works. And so then they don't get the results that they want and might even get worse results because they're not addressing things in their life, uh, you know, because they don't understand that there's a feedback mechanism and that they need to work with that feedback mechanism. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and so for me, um, I kind of see things in a, in a technology way. I'm technology minded and I'm a bit of a geek and a nerd. And 
Um, um, so for me, it was a natural thing to start breaking this down as a form of technology, and that is how I see it. And in today's world, you know, we're so technology-minded that that starts to make a lot of sense, you know. And when you can make sense of, and this is why, you know, my my tagline is where the law of attraction finally makes some freaking sense, because um, so much misinformation is put put out there about it, and yet people feel that resonance with it mm -hmm. so there's so much frustration because they know there's something there but it can't make it work mm -hmm. and it's because they don't know how it works it's kind of like you know you, you've never seen a car before and but you you kind of know it's going to drive but you don't know how so you keep trying to get in the trunk or the driver's seat or the, the passenger seat and you're like why isn't this work i know it's supposed to work i know mm -hmm. i can get it to work yeah, yeah but i just yeah. I, something's wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I talk about it in terms of it being, you know, the universe to me is a big giant computer. It is not a, a, an entity that judges you or decides what you can and can't have. Um, and you know, when you don't understand technology, you can easily anthropomorphize it and rail against it and think that it's personal. And this is where you have people standing in front of their computers going, my computer hates me. Yeah. My printer <laughs> hates me. It's because they don't understand how it works. So they feel helpless. And then they come up with all kinds of weird stories about it. Whereas, you know, who, who doesn't do that is computer programmers. Totally. They never sit there and go, my computer hates me. My printer hates me because they know how it works. They yeah, know how to talk works. to each other and they know how to troubleshoot it when things aren't going well. Mm -hmm. Great analogy. I love it. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> and I, and I love that because it's like, it takes out the, um, like the woo woo factor necessarily, mm -hmm. or the, um, like just this, this whole strangeness of it takes a religion out of it, right? Because so much of uh, what we see around in the world is just kind of uh, seen through this lens of judgment. And then we just, yeah. we just don't get it. We hate something. Like we were talking about this earlier today, how, you know, there are certain words that we use that just totally turn us off. We could be calling it, you know, the universe. We can co be calling it a computer. We can be calling it God, whatever. You know, as soon as you hear the word God, well, you know, for some, people, just, yeah. for some people, yeah. For some people, it's just it's a total turnoff. But it's just a silly yeah. word. There's, just there's labels. so many you know beliefs there, and there's so much baggage there mm -hmm. that I mean, I can talk about this in many different ways. You know, I always say I speak from woo to woo woo and everything in between. Because I can go way down that rabbit hole, but that's not usually where we start off, you mm -hmm. know, because again, it's it's that having that understanding of the technology before you go down the rabbit hole makes it a lot less woo-woo, makes it a lot less sort of magic and more sure. like, oh, technology, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, because again, you know, those of us who are sort of, you know, used to using our brains and have come depend, come to depend on our intellect, we cannot just put that to the side. And, you know, to me, that's kind of what went wrong with, you know, the Eastern philosophies in the 80s and 90s. A lot of people got into the Eastern stuff transcendental med meditation and there's nothing wrong with those things those are excellent techniques but the problem is that many of them you know rely on on just be of no mind clear your mind da 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 you know it, just kind of put your mind to the side it, that like your mind's not this super strong force you know that you have come to depend on and rely on and what you actually in the western world need yeah. you know mm -hmm. you can't just turn here we can't just go up in the mountains for 6 months and most of us can't and don't want to you know, mm -hmm. go up in the mountains for six months and just meditate. You know, we have children and husbands and wives and lives yeah. and, you know, jobs. And, and, and a lot of people doing this work are still very much in that world. They're not doing this full time, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, and so I, I think that that understanding is, is, is absolutely is absolutely paramount. But everybody brings their beliefs to it. And that technology belief kind of that language 
cuts through that in a lot of ways. Yes, yes. Um, now, I will use the word God sometimes, but when I say God, I may mean something completely different than most mm -hmm. people you know, mean, um, it, but it still triggers, it still triggers people, you know, <clears throat> even when, which I think is the most hilarious thing in the world. I'm talking about, I mean, everything I talk about is essentially, if you want to get a little bit more into the mushy squishy side of it is essentially about, you know, love yourself, love each other, have compassion for other people. And for God's sakes, have compassion for yourself, yep. figure out what it is that you really want. And we help you do that. And then how to get it, like what you really want, what's going to make your heart sing, what's going to make you super happy, what's going to make you, you know, not be that serious person that suffers for the sake of maybe one day you get to retire and then rest finally, you know, <laughs> but actually going and, 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 you know, thriving instead of uh, just surviving. And yet, even as I talk about all of that, you know, in, in a recent video, I, I, I told people, you know, which for the most part was heard, but I told people, you know, you're a holographic splinter of God with everything that that entails. A holographic splinter is, you know, if you've ever looked at a holographic um, bookmark or picture, if you cut out any part of that, it can still contains the image of the whole. Mm -hmm. So it contains everything of the whole, not some watered down copy Mm -hmm. or version. Yeah. It is the whole. And so essentially what I'm saying is you are God. Now that's a big statement to make and I can qualify that, but people, some people got that, you know, the wrong way. They're like, that's blasphemous. Like totally. the fear it brought up mm -hmm. that essentially what they were saying is you can't tell people that cause they're going to start believing it. And then they're going to go to hell because of you. Yeah. And I think it's <laughs> hilarious. Cause I'm sitting there going, I'm talking about love. I'm talking about compassion. You're talking about hatred. Which one's the one, 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 you know, which, which one of us worships Satan here, yeah. you know, yeah, <laughs> which totally. I don't actually believe in Satan. So before anybody gets that up the wrong way, <laughs> yeah. but, um, you know, it, it, it's very interesting how even the, the description of a much more loving concept of God, uh, can, can trigger people. I used to be triggered heavily by the word, the Lord. You yep. know, I would run from people who use that word. Now I don't care anymore. You can use whatever language you want, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and some people, you know, I have clients who are religious and I have clients who are atheists. And the beautiful thing about this is because if you're talking about it like a technology and I actually see it that way, it is, it is compatible with religion. It's compatible with atheism. It's compatible with agnosticism, you know? Um, and when I talk about now, other teachers do it differently. But when I talk about the universe, I'm not talking about the universe as in a replacement for God, which happens a lot. You know, mm -hmm. God doesn't love me and doesn't God works in mysterious ways. And we don't know why God and suddenly it becomes, well, the universe, everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that statement. Everything happens for a reason because it's bantered about the same way that God's God works in mysterious ways was. Mm -hmm. But my answer to that is, yeah, everything happens for a reason. And you can fucking find out what that reason is. <laughs> you don't have to just sit there and go, well, it happens for a reason. I don't know what it is, but we're powerless against it. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. You know, like you can actually figure out what that reason is when you understand how it works. So you don't have to, again, go on blind faith. Um, yeah. And so it's not the universe who gives you anything. The universe is a giant 3D printer. Mm -hmm. You tell it what to create. And if you do it right, it just does it. Mm -hmm. There is no judgment of you as a person or what you deserve, you know. Um, um, and then there's a lot of other topics we could get into, you know, belief systems that, that get triggered by that, such as good people should always get what they want and bad people, you know, should get punished, which doesn't work that way. But it also doesn't work the opposite way. It, it just doesn't work that mm -hmm. way. It, like yeah. you're, whether or not you're a good person has no bearing on whether or not you can manifest things. 
you know, people hate hearing that. There is, there's some fail safes built in, but it, you know, that's how we think it should work. Yeah. <laughs> we would hang on to that and that would be justice. And, um, um, but that's still coming from a powerless place. So, you know, once you understand how this reality creation, reality receiving, how this technology actually works, all of that judgment falls away. And it's actually incredibly freeing because, oh my God, that stuff is exhausting. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's a big responsibility to take responsibility for everything. But at the end of the day, like that's where your real power lies. Yeah. That's where you can make changes. And now all of a sudden it's not, you know, the world impressing crap on you. You get to tell the world what it is that you want to create. And I mean, like that's ultimate power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's huge. And you know, there's a huge difference between blame and responsibility and people tend to mush them together. Um, and it depends on where somebody is. Um, you know, I talk about a spectrum of energy as a spectrum of empowerment, how empowered you are. And if somebody's kind of low on that spectrum and we start talking about you create your own reality and, and you know, the, your reality is actually a mirror of your, it's a mirror reflection of your energy. Uh, um, and you know, all they hear is, Oh, Everything that's shit in your life is all your damn fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. And so then they get angry because that's what they hear. And it's actually not about blame. It's not your fault. It's just taking responsibility means that, you know, you don't have to take the blame for it. It happened because it happened. And we can delve into that and explain it if we need to, you know. But what responsibility is, is the realization that you can do something about it. Mm -hmm. No one but you. Mm -hmm. But you can do something about it. You actually can. You have the capability. You have the resources, no matter what your situation is, to do something about it. Because they're inside you. You brought the resources with you. You mm -hmm. know, they're, they're, they're not resources outside of you that you need. You have them within you. And you absolutely have them, even if you don't know that you have them. And you actually can do something about, you know, your life, the shit in your life that you don't like. So it's not your fault. But it is yours to deal with. And that's sort of that realization of, oh, my gosh, I'm sitting in a pile of shit you know what, maybe I want to stand up and get out of it instead yeah, exactly. of why does it smell so bad? I'm not going to look, I'm not going to look. But, I didn't put you know, myself and then here. <laughs> thinking I brought this about somehow. Yeah. Again, these are misconceptions that people have that, mm -hmm. you know, you, well, you did it to yourself. How is that helpful? It's not. And yeah. you didn't really do it to yourself because you didn't know any, nobody would knowingly do half the crap that we live through to themselves. Mm -hmm. But so there's no blame, but there is taking responsibility, which is which is empowering. You can yeah. now do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a challenge for people is understanding that, you know, they can shift that story. And from this moment onwards, in every moment, it doesn't have to be sitting in the shit anymore, you know, but still some people like choose to be that to blame or victim or whatever the story is that they've been telling themselves. And what they don't see about taking responsibility is the actual empowerment piece that comes along with it and that freeing piece that you were talking about. Yeah. That's so the game changer. Let me ask you a question then, mm -hmm. because I, I can hear people in the audience listening, <laughs> asking. So what about like natural disasters? Uh, how do we, how do yeah. they come about? Or? Yeah. So if there's like a group of people, did all those people manifest the big giant hurricane? Okay, so here's how group manifestations work, yeah? Because, um, yes, in a way, but not in the way that you think, yeah? So when you manifest something that is uh, an event, you know, let's, 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 for clarity, let's say it's something big, you know, not just something in your own household that affects only you, something big that affects the whole city or even an entire country or even the entire world, and um, 
how did you manifest that? Now, here, here's the thing. You didn't make that happen. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, again, this is the blame thing. Did I cause the hurricane? No, you didn't cause the hurricane. You experienced the hurricane. And it's this experience of it and how you experience it very uniquely to you that is your manifestation. So, no, you didn't make it happen. Yeah, it happened in order. It, it was a delivery mechanism for many, 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 many manifestations. And everybody that partook in that natural disaster, whether they were right in the epicenter of it, whether they heard about it from half a world away and were somehow affected by it, even just emotionally affected by it, co-created that together. So what happened is that there was this it, you can think about it like all these people were asking for something, even if they weren't you know, uh, consciously asking for it. They were asking for it. They were projecting an energy out. The mirror shot it back. And this was the perfect reflection to shoot back a whole bunch of manifestations all at once. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so it isn't that all those people, you know, and again, different people would hear this differently, mm -hmm. but it really isn't that it's their fault. Oh, well, if you people in that part of the world weren't so disempowered, you wouldn't have had a hurricane. That's bullshit. Yeah. Um, but everybody experienced it. And here's the thing. It's very, very difficult to know from the outside in of what course. somebody else experienced. A hundred percent. Yeah. And we want to look at them and we, we, all we can do is sort of look at their experience through our own filters and think how, how we think, how we assume that might've felt to us, you know? And so when you're, be very careful about that, when you're, questioning and it, it, you question everything, but when you're questioning other people's experiences and trying to somehow prove a point in your life using their manifestation, yeah, you, that, that gets hairy very quickly because people, and people ask me this all the time, but what about those people? What about those people? Mm -hmm. And my first answer, I'll explain it to the best of my ability and I'll read the energy and I'll explain it to you. But my first answer is always, you don't actually know what's going on with them. So they think they're making a point like, well, that person was empowered and they didn't get what they wanted. And I'm like, how the fuck do you know what they were feeling? Yeah, Well, exactly. they, they had money, so they must've been empowered. No, that's not what money is. Yeah. You mm -hmm. have a gross misunderstanding of what money is, mm -hmm. as most people do. Yeah, so, but it, it's these assumptions that we have. If we think somebody has something that they that we want, we think their experience of it would be the way that we think our experience would be of that thing. So there's totally. so many assumptions yeah. going on there. And then we're trying to use that in a kind of a scientific way to make a point to, 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 to prove to ourselves that it works or it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, and so we want to always be really careful when looking at other people because we don't know where they're coming from. We don't know where they're going. And so we don't know what their experience is vibrationally speaking, emotionally speaking, somebody, you know, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, one of my favorite points to make is that, you know, a lot of people want to win the lottery, but you don't realize that for a lot of people, in fact, probably more than half the people who win the lottery, that is a negative manifestation, not a positive one. Mm -hmm. You know, it brings up all their fears in a much more visceral way. That's why, you know, they end up penniless and worse off five years later than they were before, because this actually it's, it's, it's a progression of something that they need to clean up, not a progression of a desire. And, you know, oftentimes no more of it, it's no more apparent what's going on with you than when something big happens that rattles your cage and often something that you thought you wanted and it turns out not to be what you wanted. Um, the universe, again, is just showing you that it's you kind of saying, if I have a bunch of money, it'll solve all my problems. And so the universe is, you know, may, may again, anthropomorphizing here, but I'm going to do that. I've already explained that it actually is a computer. 
but it's going to say, okay, well, if you believe that, here's the evidence of that. Here's a bunch of money. Oh, whoops. Yeah. It's not actually yeah. your truth, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so people assume that they know what somebody else's experience is going to be, but it, it, it you know, it, you could, you have enough to worry about figuring out what your own experience is before you go, you know, looking, looking at other people. So natural disasters, um, <clears throat> are a co-creation. So what, what, what might they, you know, mirror back to us? Well, one of the things that they mirror back to us is, is powerlessness because we're kind of powerless against nature. And, and so oftentimes it's going to show us that, um, a lot of the times it's a massive reset, uh, massive energy reset. Yes. A lot of people die. When you see a lot of people dying, it's always a massive energy reset. Yeah. It's a lot of energy leaving, a lot of energy coming in, a lot of energy shifting, um, a big impact on the area, <clears throat> often an ecological reset. That's an energy reset as well. When you see nature making a big change, it's a massive energy reset. Um, which is actually beneficial because the earth, the earth is a, you know, a live being too. And she goes through the same things that we go through on a grander scale. So she's going to have sort of, you know, releasing crap as well. Mm -hmm. Um, um, And so it is, you know, these big tragedies, I don't want to make light of these big tragedies and say that they're not horrible when they happen. There's a lot of pain there, but here's the thing, that pain was there before. It just wasn't seen. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and uh, and it is a great way also for many people. It's a manifestation of leaving, you know, sort of dying, which isn't death. You know, it's it's just a transition into a different state. But um, um, they're not punishments ever. They're not, you know, because people did things wrong or they didn't think happy, happy thoughts in that region or anything like that. Um, they're certainly not punishment for being homosexual. Yeah, of uh, course. <laughs> um, but they're... Uh, uh, you know, they, they are events, they're manifestations like any other. And so you, you could just as easily ask, why did that individual have a car accident? Mm-hmm. You know, because in order to truly misunderstand, in order to truly understand the manifestation, you have to look at each individual person and their unique manifestation. What was their experience of it? And only that will give you a sense of what this was about. We always want to look for the easy answer. That's what this tsunami was about. That's what this earthquake was about. And it's like, no, it was a delivery mechanism for each and every manifestation. So you won't really understand what it was about until you look at each and every manifestation. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it, it, going back to the whole thing, like the universe is a hologram, right? So every single person, every s- single event, I mean, it is just a, another layer of that hologram. And yep. it, everything is just so interrelated and interconnected and how manifestation works the way that I see it is that the whole universe or the universe, the whole world, everything just re uh, aligns itself in order to make an event happen. So when those people, the, <clears throat> the things that, that happen in those specific events, there's so much more going on and, and you're absolutely right. Like it's impossible to know exactly what each of those people was feeling, thinking, whatever, in order to, to bring that about. That's so true. I, I love the way you explain There's that. There's so mm-hmm. many variables. There's so many variables, you know, and I, um, I find, you know, people really love to look for the cookie cutter solution to just about anything, you know? Um, and there is never a cookie cutter solution. There's never a blanket solution. There is your path, your solutions, and you cannot half-ass it and you cannot outsource it. You can't mm-hmm. be lazy about that. But what I find so hilarious about the human race, and I am not outside of this because, boy, have I done this, but we will suffer unimaginable pain 
and, and torment and torture in order to avoid facing our fears, facing our crap, you know, facing mm -hmm. our limiting beliefs, because we're so afraid of what will happen if we do that, even though that's a little discomfort, mm -hmm. really, truly a little discomfort mm -hmm. versus, you know, all the suffering that we go through. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. And like, that's why so many people resist change, even though they hate that the, the relationship that they're in, you know, an abusive relationship, they hate the job that they're in, whatever. But the idea of change. Yeah. It's is that unknown, too much. the fear of the unknown. They'd rather it's be fear, comfortable yeah. in their pain and suffering because they know it, they're familiar with it. So how do you yeah. get out of that? How do you get, get through the fear? How do you get through the fear? Head through the wall. No. Uh, <laughs> no helmet. What I used to do. Head through the wall. Um, no. Here's the thing. How do you get rid of the fear? Well, there are various techniques. And I mean, I have my tools in my tool bed and there's lots of tools out there. But essentially, first of all, you have to acknowledge that the fear is there. That's, you know, number one. So awareness is always the first step. You got to bring awareness to it because when you're in denial, that's what you're lacking. You're lacking awareness. So there's a part of you that knows that things are shit. You're in a pile of shit. But you just don't want to know it. You know, so you're you just kind of put up with it. And you know, many of us put up with all kinds of situations because you don't know that you're in denial. Mm -hmm. But there are gonna be sort of signs that, you know, because things aren't working out for you, they're not going the way that you want them to, you're not getting what you want, you know, uh, your relationship isn't great, your job sucks, your you know, boss is an asshole, you're you know, whatever, things aren't really working out, it's frustrating, you're not feeling good. And so bringing awareness to how you're feeling, and bringing awareness to that, you know, that there is maybe a fear that well, why, why am I still in this pile of shit? Why haven't I moved forward? Let me point my focus towards what I want. And oh, my God, I'm afraid. Okay. Um, acknowledging that you actually have a fear, you know, and then allowing yourself, and this is the groundbreaking stuff, Ooh. allowing yourself to feel that fear. Yeah, no, just stop right there. Not is... running away Come on. from it. Nope, nope. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm just going to stay in yeah. bed all day with the sheets over my head. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But here's the thing. The fear of the fear is always so much worse mm. than the fear itself. You 100%. know, Winston Churchill got that absolutely right. And yeah. in my experience, and this has been my experience 100% of the time, even when dealing with people who have severe trauma, even when dealing with people who have PTSI, I don't call it PTSD because it's not a disorder, it's an injury. Yeah. And I think it's disrespectful to call it a disorder um, in our language anyway. Yeah. Sure. So um, even with people who have severe trauma like that, what I found is, and I'm not making light of that, but what I found is that the fear of it is like you see this shadow of a monster on the wall and you're thinking, oh my God, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's huge. It's going to kill me. It's, and the fear of it is incredible. But if you just take a couple steps forwards and shine a line, shine a, shine a light into the closet, you see it's a stuffed animal going, you know, <laughs> yeah. and every single time, you know, you look at it and go, that's, that's what I was facing. <laughs> that's what I was so afraid of. Like it is, it is all, it's almost like a disappointment, like a, huh, <laughs> really? That, that's it. You know, because what we do, even when it comes to really big trauma, yeah, is, is we, we don't head into it, like into the eye of a hurricane. I mean, there's no reason to, to re-traumatize people. And I know some forms of therapy 
really, you know, are into that. Just get people to talk about their trauma over and over and over again. And then you know, they'll become desensitized over a while mm-hmm. and then they can function. But I'm not interested in helping people function and help. I'm interested in helping people thrive. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we whittle away at it sort of from the sides, you know, so we kind of get near it and take a bit away at a time until we can actually get in there and the person can handle that without feeling re-traumatized. And then we, what it is, it's trapped energy. Trauma is always trapped energy. So what we do is we release that energy bit by bit. Yeah. And so the fear that comes up is actually the energy rising up, the energy of that trapped energy rising up, wanting to be released. But it feels so scary to us that we're just like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And what happens is if you allow yourself to actually feel the fear, that is how you release the energy by just feeling it. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you look at a small child, they know how to do this, like really little child, mm-hmm. you know, um, they know how to do this. You see a toddler who gets frustrated about something that he can't yet do, maybe doesn't have the dexterity in his fingers or whatever. And uh, and he knows he should be able to have whatever he wants. And but he, you know, he's working with this very dense world that he doesn't yet quite know how to navigate through. And so he might, you know, try to join two pieces together and he can't. And he'll get frustrated and he'll just, and he'll maybe even throw it across the room. And then it's done. Yeah. It's done. There's no grudge held there. He doesn't walk past those building blocks every day. Go, my nemesis. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just gone because yeah. he's just released it right out of his system. And until we teach that toddler, no, 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 don't get angry. No, no, no. What we teach is don't do that. And what we hear is don't be angry. Don't be sad. Don't, you know, have the, and and this is getting a lot better, by the way, millennials are much more allowing parents than, you know, the generation before them, each generation becomes more allowing. So these kids now are being parented quite differently already with more emphasis on allowing them to, to have their emotions. You know, but until we learn how to, when we have to learn this, how to suppress these emotions, the natural emotions are not actually that big and volatile. Long suppressed emotions are big and volatile and they become Mm -hmm. explosive. And then we think that that's what all emotions are. And then we're afraid of them. And then we we don't want to deal with them, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, um, but really it's a very, very natural thing. So when you have fear, it isn't good. So let's say you have a fear of heights. Uh, just, you know, or you can use a fear of success or whatever, you know, but you would, I would not be an advocate of you going, climbing up a big building, go up the elevator of a big building and then walk out on the roof and then look down. And then, you know, that immersion therapy or, you know, uh, you know, trying to, to, to face the fear with the, in the worst possible yeah. way, you know, <laughs> just um, more I'm not of an advocate it. of that. Uh, but I would say, you know, imagine yourself on a tall building and that's enough to bring the fear up. If it's enough to bring a fear up, that's enough because you're looking for the energetic thread. You're not looking for a psychological, you know, reason why you're afraid of heights. So you let that energy come up. And, and, and there's many different ways you can do this. But the simplest, most elegant, if you can allow it, is to simply allow yourself to feel that fear. And it and, and this is how I do it now, quite frankly. I have no idea what I'm releasing anymore most of the time. I just let it out and it just leaves me because I'm willing to fully, fully, fully allow it. Now, if people aren't really w- willing to fully, fully allow it, what really helps them 
is when we fully explain what each of those emotions are, what the energy behind them is, what the belief system behind it is. And we can do that, particularly, you know, when we're working with somebody um, closely, we can, you know, explain that to them so that they're not so afraid of the fear. They're like, oh, that's what's happening in my body right now. This is, you know, my adrenal glands are going and that's what's happening. And, and it's just energy rising. And this is actually a good thing. So because we tend to interpret things as a bad thing, a lot of times, you know, people and energy will come up in them to be released and they interpret it as a bad thing. Something's going wrong. They freak out. Then they become afraid of the fear and then they shut it down. You know, so when you understand that what's actually happening is more like taking an emotional poo. You don't really <laughs> want to stop it or censor it. You just want to let it out. Yeah. It feels so good. It's a lot easier to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to describe it too. An emotional poop. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I love my poop metaphors. They yeah. do stick with you. Yeah, yeah they, clearly. <laughs> they sure do. So I'm curious, how did you get on this path? Like, were you raised with this thought process? Or I was like, raised on a commune. You... We were all hippies. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> um, I got there the hard way. Uh, I fought it every step of the way, actually. Um I was was born. Uh, I was born many years ago uh, in, a, in a commune. No, um, <laughs> I you know from very early age on, I had the ability to read people's energy. I did not know what that it was, and that I was doing that. And there was nobody in my life that could explain that to me. So it wasn't like I was born to a long line of witches and they all indoctrinated. No. Yeah. Um, so uh, um, as I understand it, my grandmother actually kind of had the same thing, but she shut it down years ago because she it scared her. And of course, in her generation, you know, in the war generation, I, I come mm -hmm. from Germany. My grandmother was in the war. This was not a time to start, you know, talking about spirits and, no. you know, yeah. <laughs> things. Uh, um, and, and so... I would pick up on things from people and I would pick up on, on their pain and their darkness. And, and I, and, and the hypocrisy was the worst thing to me that people would say one thing, but actually underneath there would be something else, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and as a child in Germany, you know, in the seventies, <clears throat> you weren't allowed to, uh, you know, question that. And I was in Catholic school on top of that. So you weren't really, you know, it doesn't make people comfortable to question that. It's like, but wait, you're lying. And they're like, shut up in the corner with you, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but you're still lying. I don't understand. This isn't, you know, this isn't Why right. And I was this? so correct about things. And, uh, and so I did try to, it made me very weird and it made me very confused and it got me in a lot of trouble because I would just question things and, and I wasn't trying to rebel, but it probably came across that way a little bit. But, you know, if, if you said to me, you know, God loves you, but don't, um, you know, don't ever fuck up because he will stick you in prison forever. Um, <laughs> that made me question, like, is that what love is? What? what? Yeah. You know, and, and then they didn't want to talk about that, you know. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, I tried to shut it down. I tried to shut it down in my, in, you know, and, and in my teens, you can't shut it down, by the way. You can try to ignore it, but you can't shut it down. Um, and, and that became very, very, very painful. And I dealt with depression and I even tried to kill myself when I was 15 and happy, happy interview. Um, and, uh, and I'm, I'm much, much better now, obviously, <laughs> but, uh, I absolutely, you know, went to a very dark place because of that, because I just wasn't going to own who I was and, mm -hmm. and, and I didn't know who I was and I couldn't own it, but I also, you know, uh, couldn't understand it at the time. And so over the years, I was sort of, I was, I became a total workaholic because I had to prove my worth and my value. But over the years, I kept being drawn to this information. And, you know, this was before the internet. So, I mean, you know, people, I think often forget, it's just how quickly 
the last few decades have changed oh in terms God, of technology yes. that, you know, the internet wasn't around in a usable form to most people, you know, just, you know, 30 years ago, like mm -hmm. it, you know, uh, uh, it may have existed, but it wasn't like in people's homes, you know? No, no. And so I had to go to bookstores where at the time this kind of information channeled information, energy information, you know, it was in the back in a dusty bookshelf, like next to the porn, you know, <laughs> and, and you'd have like, you know, the satanic Bible next to some channel book because that was all weird and yeah. it all belonged in the same section. It wasn't right out front in the biggest section of the bookstore like it is now, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so it was very shameful to go, you know, you almost had to go like, mm, you know, uh, to try to, to try to get, you know, this information, uh, but I was always drawn to it. Um, and then I would get back into workaholism and I was drawn to it. So I was a very slow learner, really. It took me years and years and years to kind of hear. And I had to get, it had to get very, very painful because, you know, if you, if you don't listen to the call, it, it eventually will become so painful that you don't have much of a choice, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, and it isn't because someone else is doing this to you. It's because it's you doing it to you because this is what you really want. Mm -hmm. And the system is designed for you to get what you really want. And if you're not going for what you really want, it's going to suck. And, and now that energy is moving faster and faster, it's going to suck more and faster. You know, you you can get a, away with less. So it was only when I was in the corporate world and things were really, really, really bad. I was actually super successful, but I felt like absolute dog shit all the time. Um, my health was failing. Again, I've gone through this on more than one occasion, but this was the last time. And, uh, and I finally sort of figured it out. And, um, and, and, I, and I made some changes and then I got out and then I had for the first time in my life, real space. Mm -hmm. And, and I always tell people, you know, when mm -hmm. I'm giving a speech or something, if you take nothing else away from that, this, you know, that's what I would say, take away. That's the number one piece, make space because everything else is a natural process. It is actually a natural process. Boy, do we do a lot of teaching to teach a natural process, but it's kind of like childbirth. Your body just fucking takes over. It yeah. knows what to do. You know, it's like breathing your body. You didn't have to intellectually learn how to breathe. Your body knows how to do it. It's like your heart pumping, you know? So all you have to do is kind of make the space for that to happen. Mm -hmm. And if you make space, which means you take some time where you just quietly don't try to make anything happen. Yeah. You just kind of listen, you know, and you can meditate if you want, or you can just do that. But that is a scary thing. I mean, people take their cell phones to the bathroom with them because God forbid they should be alone for, with their thoughts for three to five minutes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't not be distracted. So that making space, it will come up. Shit will come up. And the first thing that might happen is you going, I don't like that thing in my life. Oh my God. I don't like that at all. That's mm -hmm. not acceptable to me. You know, because it's going to help you have that awareness. That's what it kicks off. And it kicks off that awareness. And for me, it was like opening up, you know, a part of myself that I'd locked away for so long. And that voice started to really come out loud and clear. And then it was like I suddenly understood how it works. I got a glimpse of behind the curtain or under the hood and I saw the technology and um and then I ran off a few months later to Peru for a month and worked with a shaman and I did some plant ceremonies and I ended up doing that once a year for six years. Um, and that was really like taking this connection that I'd always had um, from a sort of a 1930s rickety telephone connection to fi full fiber optic video, you know, um, it, 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 I'd always, since I was a teenager, sort of gotten some answers but I didn't really know how to do that very well. And, and as a teenager, what questions do you ask? 
does that boy like me? Yes or no? <laughs> you know, yeah. there wasn't a whole lot of you know interaction. Um, but it that just got super strong and I was able to get answers. And then eventually I was able to start doing it for other people, um, which isn't any harder te- technically, but it's harder because we censor more because, oh, I wanted to be really good for you. And what if it's stupid? And what if you think I'm stupid? And all that shit comes up mm-hmm. before you can do this for someone else. Um, and then I, I started writing. Um, um, and wrote for a year and people found me and started begging me to give them coaching. And I'm like, okay. So, and and that's kind of how it's been all along, how I've run my entire business is, you know, me kind of running with scissors and people going, we would like this. And I'm okay, I can do that, you know, and just, and kind of engaging with it and letting it unfold. And, and it makes it sound like I don't know anything about business. I actually do, but I'm absolutely determined not to be too old school about this. And I'm finding the balance between, you know, good business practices and and using those skills, but also really doing everything intuitively and not rushing it and letting it come together. And so instead of me finding an audience and marketing to them, I put my stuff out there and let them come to me. And then I paid attention to who showed up and now I market to them. It's kind of that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so that's kind of been my journey and it's, you know, I'm, I'm blessed and I'm honored to work with a ton of people. Uh, I get to watch their ascension process. I get to participate in their ascension process. And ascension, by the way, is, is just a hoity-toity word for, you know, becoming more enlightened, right? raising your vibration. You know, you're rising up, basically. That's ascension. More of who it's you going are. up, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. So how long has it been since you left corporate? I left corporate in 2010. Mm. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> End of 2010. No. End of 2009. Excuse me. That was a total lie. It's been longer. <laughs> End of 2009, because in 2010 is when I took a year off. 2011, I wrote for a year. And at the end of 2011, I launched my business. Wow. wow. Very cool. That's incredible. I love how you were just, you listened to that inner guidance, even though you didn't know that's what it was in the beginning. <laughs> Yeah, you know, my intuition's always been really, really, really strong, which for a long time was sort of the bane of my existence because mm-hmm. I didn't want to listen to it. But it was like the first time I went to Peru to do ayahuasca, um, I went to the jungle and I was drawn to it so strongly that I got on the plane. I, you know, flew down there, didn't know anybody, ended up being in a little tiny rickety boat. Um, one full day's journey on this little tiny rickety boat down, you know, the river and in, into the heart of the jungle. So a full day's journey away from any hospital or anything like that, had already drunk the brew, was sitting in pitch black darkness inside a a (laughs) ceremony hut called the Miloka with a bunch of people I didn't know, a shaman I had never met. And only then did it dawn on me that, oh, this could all go horribly wrong. (laughs) Uh, What have I maybe done? And then I thought, well, you're already here. You already drank. Might as well go with it. It was so strong. It was almost like I was in a daydream just being pulled right to it. Didn't even occur to me to be scared Uh until I was already there and kind of went, Wait a second. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, what is this really a good idea? You know, um, but yeah. then it was it was too late. You know, mm-hmm. and, the, and the journey had started. So, um, my intuition's always been you know super super strong, and and now the only difference is is that I no longer question it at all. It it's mm. my because you know you have more than five senses, and so this would be like another sense that you have where you're actually gathering information, just like you do with your eyes and your ears and mm-hmm. you know your skin and your taste buds and, and your smell and 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 this is another piece of you know it's another data stream that comes totally. in and it's actually 
it's not just as valid, it's more valid than what you see with your eyes. Because you understand that what you see with your eyes isn't real, right? It's mm -hmm. a total distortion. It's just energy that your brain turns into an image, but it, it's, it's not as real as you think it is. So, mm -hmm. and it can easily be distorted with a small change in your brain. You're seeing something completely different. Yeah. yeah? Okay. And so can you always completely trust what you see with your eyes? Well, it's, it's the data that's true, you know, it's filtered through your filters. So, you know, you want to get as much information as you can. And this data stream that of intuition that we're talking about, which is what it really is, tapping into that data stream is so, so, so important because it's way more information that you get from body language. It's way more information than you can get from even, you know, well, I think I heard him say that. And I, how did he mean that? And blah, blah, blah. You know, all of these things that we don't know, this data stream contains, you know, and you can trust it. So just to give a little example, if I may, um, of, of something that kind of happens down the line is, you know, a lot of people are really worried about people lying to them. Melody, how can I trust people? They lie to me. My boyfriend lied to me. My husband, what if somebody's cheating? How do I? So many questions about that. And, you know, what it comes down to is that when you really understand your own feedback mechanisms and you use those extra senses that you have in order to, you know, get all the information, not just a little bit of information, it doesn't matter if somebody's lying. You don't ever have to worry about whether or not they're a liar because you can trust your own feedback. So you know the truth when you hear it and you know it when you don't hear it. And so you don't have to rely on them being trustworthy. You absolutely know what's going on and you are not going to have to, you're not going to end up putting yourself in a situation that later on you're going to regret because you're going to feel it right from the go. Oh no, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. I may not know why I don't want to do that. And that's a part of it. Do you need to know why? Do you need them to prove to you that they're, you know, what, what's going on here? Or can you just trust that, that, that information? And when you do trust that information, you don't get lied to anymore. You don't get duped anymore. You don't get, you know, you don't get blindsided by anything anymore because You've got a warning system. You've got, you know, perfect information to kind of go, just like there was a sign in the road going, bad idea to go that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, totally. I um, I really resonate a lot with your journey from growing up and, and having these intuitive gifts, but not really understanding them and kind of being told that, well, I was told that I didn't have them. And so I always thought it was just like my imagination or I'm just like You're crazy. make-believe. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really have a lot of... Um, support. I, I didn't come from a long line of witches either, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's it really has been like such a journey of self-discovery for me as well. So I really relate to, you know, how things have un unfolded for you. And I think a lot of people are probably in similar situations, you know, a lot of our listeners, because I think everybody actually has intuition, but people just aren't aware oh, yeah. of how to use it, you know? And so or they don't trust it. It's like, yeah, oh, it's just yeah. some weird thing that I'm feeling. Or or they shut it down. That's a big They've one too. They've been taught to. Exactly. They've yeah. been taught to. Yeah. They have been taught to shut it down. They've been taught that it's not real. You know, um, we, we've all been taught that. Um, and it's not a malicious thing. There's not some conspiracy to make this happen. It's just, you know, um, it, it's, 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 it's what we've always done. And we haven't really made a new decision yet. You know, mm -hmm. not in mass anyway. Each individual can make their own decisions. But we've absolutely been taught to because if you see something as a child that the adults around you don't see, uh, they're going to tell you it's imaginary. It's not real. Yeah. It's, you know, that's, that, that tree doesn't have a halo around it. Yeah. Or you make people <laughs> uncomfortable. Oh, uh, uh, there's not a, <laughs> God forbid. 
And again, or the questioning is like, you know, and you and your innocence as a child, you know, you might go like, why are you in so much pain? And that person might be going through a divorce or something and they don't want to talk to a kid about it, but you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, why are you so sad? And they're like, I thought I was holding it together, (laughs) Ah!" you know, and then they project upon you that you're making them uncomfortable instead of, no, you're uncomfortable. I just, you know, pointed it out, but yeah. Um, and, and, but, but what does that say about our society that that, that person who's going through the divorce can't just be, you know what? Yeah. You know what? I am sad because something sad is happening in my life, but I'm facing it. And I'm going to work through it instead of, we don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about pain. We don't talk about those things. And you know what? We're going to make you believe that that isn't even real. Mm-hmm. That's not even real because yeah. it's more comfortable for us to do that horrific thing. Yeah, basically fucking with your head, totally, yeah, yeah. making you think things aren't real that are. Yeah. Uh, no wonder we have such a mental health crisis, you know, uh, th- rather than just admit that, yeah, you're sad. <laughs> You know, you can see, I I feel quite passionate about that. (laughs) Totally. I love it. Well, I mean, you see that in so many other aspects of society, like all these different fights against, you know, war on drugs, you know, we got to suppress this. It's like, oh, teenage pregnancy. We can't even talk about pregnancy. And then like, look at what's happening in the U.S. Like with, uh, you know, in certain areas where they try to suppress the, uh, the conversation about sex so much that everybody is fucking pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. You know, everybody's fucking and pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, well, because here's here's the thing. You know, um, number one, suppressing anything doesn't work. And I mean, oh my God, look at history. How do we not know this yet? You know, know. Uh, anything that we've tried to suppress only got bigger. And and that is exactly how it works, by the way. You try to suppress something in your own life and your own self as well. It will get bigger until you release it. That's how it works, you know. Um, And so when we try to push against something, it just gets bigger. Um, And so, you know, the war on drugs has created more problems. Well, it hasn't solved anything. I was going to say more problems than it solved. It hasn't solved anything. It's just made everything a lot, lot worse as it is bound to because it is designed to. If you look at it and understand how things work, it's like somebody perfectly designed the thing to make the drug addiction worse, you know, and and criminality and everything. Um, It it is not designed to actually solve any problems. And countries that have legalized all drugs, including heroin, actually see a massive decline in drug addiction, certainly a huge Mm -hmm. decline, if not a total eradication of drug deaths. You know, so we, we have solutions but we're 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 often you know not willing to look at them you know uh um and so you have you have all of these things going on in the world but the beautiful thing is is you know we don't want to be all doom and we're going to be all doom and gloom over here <laughs> shit. um but the beautiful thing is is that there are a lot of people like you and I, you know, having conversations about this stuff now quite openly mm-hmm. um, and not just from a point of view of what you're going to do, you yeah. know, the, the powers that be, but yeah. really conversations where, you know, we're bringing the information. I mean, think about it like 50 years ago. Would you have been able to access the information about, you know, how Portugal has legalized all drugs and what is happening with them? Or would that have maybe, maybe been a footnote somewhere in a newspaper and we wouldn't have even known? We have access to this information. We're talking about it. People everywhere are waking up and realizing that, you know what, maybe we need to do things a little bit differently. Maybe we need to try something new. Maybe if we don't even, you know, and people like, well, how, what proof do you have that that will work? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, to that, I always say, well, I don't have any, but I have proof that the thing we're doing doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So let's yeah. give this a go. <laughs> yeah. And then going back to that whole uh, holographic nature of the universe, you know, how interconnected everything is just because we are now having this conversation today 
and other people around the world are having this conversation as well, it is percolating up through people as well. So we might mm -hmm. not think we're making a big difference by having a, just a simple conversation between people, but it absolutely does. And when, when we reach that critical mass, uh, it already is affecting the planet. These ideas oh, are yeah. already mm -hmm. coming up already. in our politicians, in our leaders, in the people that will eventually make those changes. So it's important that we continue having these conversations because yeah. it's uh, ultimately what's going to catalyze these changes. It's huge. The world yeah. needs it. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? The world is getting better and better and better. Mm -hmm. We're just more mm -hmm. aware of the shit than we've ever been. It's not that there's more shit. It just, we're just much more aware of it thanks mm -hmm. to, you know, the technology that we have today and we are less able to ignore it than we've ever been before. And mm -hmm. that makes it seem like there's more, but there isn't. The world has gotten so much better. And, you know, if you could get in a time machine and go back 50 years to where people think, you know, it was a much better time than you're bullshitting yourself. It fucking wasn't better. You know, <laughs> I mean, nobody had any rights, not men either. Everyone's like, oh, white men had, they had a horrible existence. Their only job was to make money. And yeah. they had all the responsibility for the family. They had to make all the decisions and it was all on their shoulders. Now you tell me how fun that sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the they factory. had to conform perfectly to yeah. whatever socioeconomic group they were in. Do not step outside of that because, you know, and, and, and that's even for white men, never mind everybody else who was treated like crap, you know? Mm -hmm. um, um, and so, you know, it, 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 the world is getting better. If you look around, people are waking up, but the first thing that we often do when we wake up is we scream our heads off because pain and we're mm -hmm. sort of realizing that things aren't the way that we want them to be. It's kind of like turning off the morphine drip, mm -hmm. but it never gets as bad as that again, as that initial realization of, Oh my God, what have I been putting up with? Mm -hmm. You know, and people are having those conversations and it is changing the world because it's changing the energy, you know, the, because people might think, well, talking about it doesn't actually do anything, but it depends depends on how you, and, and I would agree with that because just talking about it doesn't, depends on what you're doing as you're talking about mm -hmm. it, depends on how you're talking about it, you know, and what energy you're embodying as you're talking about it. But if you are willing to embrace the point of view that it, we're not all fucked, that it is getting better and start looking for those ways and start building your belief that things are getting better and then looking at different situations and finding the perspective that feels more empowering, then yes, you are changing the world. Mm -hmm. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. huge. So huge. Yeah. So I, and this is what's so exciting about us doing this and having this conversation today. Like I, this is one of the, my favorite things that we do is, you know, bringing this kind of awareness to a larger audience. It's mm -hmm. so fun. Mm -hmm. it's so fun. And it's so empowering. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's And great. you guys do seem to be doing it in such a fun way. I love that. <laughs> That's, I think, you know, why uh, we clicked right away because um, we sure we're did. both kind of on that same, let's not take this shit too seriously, Pat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Life's serious <laughs> enough. We, we don't need any more seriousness. Like, let's no. lighten up. Life is not oh, meant to be. Oh, serious is so 1993. Oh, 100%. oh my God. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> let's have some fun finally, for fuck's sakes. Exactly. Let's get the exactly. wine. <laughs> Entering a different stage of the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. I love totally. it. Totally. I think that's another thing, too, is like a lot of people were turned off with spirituality because of the seriousness of it. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I have to go to live in a monastery. I can't swear. I can't drink. I can't eat meat. I have to, you know, live a certain way, be a certain way and suck all the fun out of life. And yeah. that's why. Yeah. Well, you remember when you were living in Spain, all the processions during Holy Week. So we have those going on now. 
Right. Well, last on oh, the weekend, yeah. Easter, right. And uh, like, it's just, it's so serious. You know, they walk around and, you know, they have those things on their head with their candles and it's so yeah. solemn. And I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to, <laughs> you know, poo poo on anybody's parade here, but that's just the way that religion. It's not and, fun, is it? It's, it's not, not fun. fun. I mean, believe what you want to believe, but yeah. why not have fun with it? Why does it have to be so somber? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally, totally. And uh, I think this is a new stage of the game that we're entering. And it's it's exciting. It is exciting. It's exciting and empowering because I think people are really starting to see that, you know, what you were just saying, like shifting perspective. Like, how do you want to look at it? You know, do you want to look at like shit's hitting the fan or do you want to see that the world actually is a better place? There are really some incredible things happening, some amazing energy, a lot of like light workers out there that are doing their best to do their part and reach people and 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 share this information and that's beautiful it sure is you know yeah so yeah it <laughs> is and you know and and light workers are sort of lighting up all over the world i mean it's just like they're blinking into you know existence as they're yeah. just you know <clears throat> sort of realizing oh wait a minute uh um and and you know i did a blog post recently about light workers um i, I call them light beings because I don't want to put the emphasis on worker and mm. people take this too seriously to make a job of it. And mm-hmm. then they think it's going to be hard and then they don't want to do it. And it's like, you are already doing it just by being here. You don't have mm-hmm. to do anything. And the more joyful you are, the more fun you're having, the more you allow the things that you want in your life to come in, the brighter you'll shine. You don't have to actually help anybody or, you know, set up a foundation or do charity work. Just be yourself, but be yourself. Yeah. Not cook, you know, watered down version of that some cardboard cutout of that that isn't really real be yourself with everything that that means and go for what you want and show up as you and 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 that is again it's how you change the world it's how you change your world not only will you have a crap load more fun doing that but you know the your world is a mirror to your vibration to your energy and so it's going to mirror that back to you so suddenly everything else is going to become a lot more fun as well mm-hmm. and it's it's very interesting because a lot of people find their way you know you mentioned spirituality a lot of people find their way back to spirituality through this kind of work um, because, but it's a very different spirituality, Big time. you know, it, it, the spirituality of religion and I'm not, you know, I'm painting with a large brush here. It mm-hmm. isn't always like this, but for many people it is that the spirituality of religion is actually a very, very powerless one, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. that number one, God is, you know, uh, uh, there's this higher power and he's, he's, he's only male. Uh, so he doesn't understand women at all. Um, and, uh, and, 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 and he's, you know, kind of a sociopath, let's face it, you know, yeah. if you go with all the stories. Uh, so he kind of loves you, but don't fuck up, you know, yeah. and uh, Nick Change is made at any time. And sometimes he'll just kill all of us. Yeah. You know, um, and so there's this real fear of God, mm-hmm. you know, as and, and, and a lot of people, you know, it kind of sounds ridiculous to many of us. But there are a lot of people in the world who are absolutely viscerally afraid no of God. And what God will do and the consequences of God, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and of, of, of not just you doing bad actions, but other people out there doing bad actions that don't even have anything to do with you. And it's a terrible, very powerless place to be in. And then you have the church who comes in and says, well, we can communicate with God and we'll tell you what he says. You can't have your own relationship with God, you know, and, and all of that, you know, people at some point just kind of go, you know what? I'm tired of being afraid. I'm tired of going to a house of worship so that I can shore up my fear. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm tired of, 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 of living my life in ways that don't really make sense to me. 
why can't it just be about being a good person? And then, especially if you have a, you go into a church that preaches hatred and exclusion, you know, yep. and, and when you start dropping all those stories and that mythology and everything away, and you just get down to your relationship with what you might want to be God or source of the universe or whatever, it could be your higher self, whatever you want, but you start to feel into, if you want to have that kind of relationship, um, into, you know, what really you want that to be and letting it be what you want to be. Um, people have often found their way back to, to, to spirituality, not necessarily to religion, sorry, mm -hmm. but, uh, but have found their way back to spirituality, but it is a very different relationship than they ever maybe could have imagined before with, you know, um, and, and again, we can call it many, many different things. Um, um, but it, it is an enriching experience. I think if you can have that kind of relationship, but only if it's really empowering. And I think, you know, uh, there's a big difference between, and I can't even say there's a, just a difference between reality, religion and, and spirituality, because I've met some very spiritual people that will give the most nut job, you know, religious people run for their money. Uh, they yeah, were more restrictive and more judgmental than anybody. And I'm like, what, how does this, you know, mm -hmm. uh, fit? But, um, um, so I think it, it, it's not about the labels and it's not about, you know, who can be more spiritual than the other. Mm -hmm. It's really about finding your own relationship with whatever you want to have it with. And like I said, it could just be your higher self, could be your future self, could be God, could be the universe, but let it be a beautiful, loving relationship instead of a dysfunctional, sociopathic, abusive one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> that would be my advice. Yeah. And <laughs> that's I mean, really good advice. <laughs> something that I wanted to clarify as well. I mean, every single world religion that's ever existed actually contains some incredible beauty. It's just a lot of it, sadly, has been twisted by humans with our limited perspective back thousands of years ago. And mm -hmm. then it gets mistranslated over the years. Yeah. So no matter what, what it is you practice, you could find these beautiful teachings of love and acceptance and, yeah. um, you know, finding space and companionship and all these lovely things. So you can keep doing what you're doing. This is not a, a do this or that kind of mm -hmm, option. Mm -hmm. No, it's a matter like you can just embrace these new teachings, add them to whatever the religion that is that you're, uh, you are practicing. And it's not, um, it's just those religions are in many ways just incomplete. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. That's this, what, this uh... information helps you to make sense of mm -hmm. your own religion. I've heard people say that many, many times. It's like, mm -hmm. I understand God better. My relationship with God is better now. My mm -hmm. relationship with Jesus is better now because I, I, I'm starting to understand the teachings the way that I think he meant to teach them. You know, For so sure. I hear a lot about that kind of thing because there are these nuggets of absolute light, golden wisdom that are in all the religious texts, um, um, you know, and people, and that's why they're so popular because people resonate with that. They feel that. Exactly. They know there's something in there, you know, um, and when you get back to the purity of that, it, it, there is no hatred, there's no exclusion. It's just basically love. And, uh, and, and, but, you know, I do want to put one caveat in there that I think that these religious texts are phenomenal. I think that probably their original version is much more phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I do think that they're all written in metaphorical coded language. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that was appropriate for their time. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, because I think one of the you know missions that I'm on is to really let people know the information's still coming. Mm -hmm. It didn't just come 2000 years ago. Yeah. The information's still coming and it always has been. And you mm -hmm. can tap into it right now with 
the metaphors, I mean, I'm the metaphor queen, but because metaphors paint a picture and that contains a lot more information than just the words, language is really quite inadequate a lot of the time. And the higher up you go in, you know, in terms of vibration, the less adequate language becomes. We're really yes, going time. to be moving towards telepathic communication mm -hmm. quite soon, I feel. Um, and, and soon is relative, but, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe not next week, but it, it's already happening. And, uh, and I think we can, you know, we can, we are ready to, to let that in. Yeah. But, um, I, I think that these religions, you know, as, as wonderful as they are and as many nuggets as they contain, I think that a lot of people really get hung up on making them the law or making them the, the, you know, that's the last time God spoke to us. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. It came through all these people, all these, these different cultures. And then it's, stopped yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> yeah it's like it's always been coming it always will be coming you can tap into that information now and it's sort of you know if i was to i mean we wouldn't do this with anything else you wouldn't go to a doctor that studied 600 years ago yeah you know <laughs> uh and you wouldn't read a user manual for your computer that was written in the 80s exactly uh, like it, it you know you want the updated version and yeah. the updated version is available it's all around us yeah you know uh, and, and, and so that's sort of one of my big missions is to go, you don't have to look at the stuff, trying to interpret metaphors that were meant for people 2000 years ago, go get new metaphors, go get the information <laughs> fresh, you know, from the source. Now you have the ability to do it. And there's plenty of us teachers out there that are feeding it out there. Uh, um, and if you don't resonate with one, go to another one. You know, if you don't like the snarky, you know, cursy person, and then go somebody more serious, whatever. Um, you know, but uh, but I think it's it's important that to, it's also a very big empowerment point is that it isn't just like well Jesus came or Muhammad came or Buddha came and and they had all the answers and they were super enlightened and now we're groveling like you know cockroaches mm -hmm. on the floor again. It's like, no, 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 you you have the same power to get that information now. You don't need a middleman. You never needed one uh, um, or a middlewoman. You can just, which sounds so weird, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> but you can get that information yourself now, updated with, you know, the metaphors, the understanding, uh, uh, the framework that makes sense to you now in this mm -hmm. modern age with all of the struggles that you have, the Bible isn't going to explain everything and neither is the Quran and neither any of the other texts that you're dealing with right now because mm -hmm. they weren't dealing with this then. Yeah. So totally. it was, you know, it was meant for them then. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. That was so beautifully said. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. So Melody, if people wanted to work with you, how, how did, would they get in touch yeah. with you? Um, well, I have a website. Awesome. <laughs> uh, it's melodyfletcher.com. Uh, it's, it's, so it's very easy to find if you remember my name and I'm on YouTube and I'm, you know, on Facebook and everything. Um, and it's actually quite hard to get a coaching session with me personally, um, anymore, but, um, I just ran a beautiful, beautiful advanced program called reality Academy. And we're just in the, in the process now of developing a um, uh, smaller program, which is more of a beginner program, um, because that was super advanced. And, you know, I'm kind of started there and working my way back. Um, but it has really proven to me that you can design a program if it's designed well. And I, I happen to be good at it. That's one of my gifts is, again, breaking things down and teaching them. Um, but I think if a program is designed well, it can actually be more valuable. And that was my intention. I wanted to find something that was more valuable than one-on-one -on -one coaching because one-on-one -on -one coaching wasn't scalable. It was very successful, yeah. but it wasn't scalable. And so I actually started decreasing that part of my business 
and we're increasing, you know, being able to do programs that really, really help people um, understand this information and and put it together in kind of a small, intensive package where they can get all that information really quickly and make those shifts really quickly. And what I'm finding is that maybe, you know, even 10 years ago, it wouldn't have been possible to do what we can do now with mm-hmm. these kinds of programs because people weren't able to shift as quickly as they are now. But man, now, now, this time now, this is amazing. People mm-hmm. are just like busting wide open and and Love it. becoming so allowing and shifting so quickly. And it's so life-changing because when you change your energy, that is the source, that is the root of everything. So when you change your energy, you change, your life changes, everything around you changes, and things finally become easy instead of you having to work so hard to try to make things happen. You know, you can let them happen. It's, again, it's tapping into the natural processes that are already there. So we're developing that program at the moment. But if you go on MelodyFletcher.com, I've got some freebies there for you that you can download that'll get you started. And there's over 600 different blog posts and videos Mm, that um, are, these are not little tiny, shitty little, you know, 400 word blog posts that give you no, these are full length articles and, you know, explorations of different topics. So, um, and then also if you want a nice little package of my work. Um, um, even if you're a beginner, this will work. I have a book that was published by Hay House. It's called Deliberate Receiving. Uh, Finally, the universe makes some freaking sense. And you can get that on Amazon or wherever books are. You know how to buy yeah, it. We'll, we'll so. have all the links below. Yeah, so definitely. it'll be easy for people to, to find everything. It. I love it. We'll make sure to link everything and then <laughs> yeah. that way people can Thank find you. you. And depending yeah. on when you're listening to this, maybe your new course will be available as well. Mm-hmm. So definitely go on the website. Yeah, we're hoping yeah. to bring it in about May or June 2018, depending okay. on when you're listening to this. <laughs> yes. Yes. So after that, we'll have it. <laughs> yeah, it's no, so it'll good. be this will be out before that. But yeah, if they're listening after then. So exciting, Melody. Thank you yeah, so much. Listening in the future, in the <laughs> totally. Totally. You know, like, oh, 100%. that must already be out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what May? What year was that? MelodyFletcher.com. Yeah. You gotta go check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time. This has been a fascinating <sighs> conversation you've shared, and the way you delivered everything, your message, I just love it because I feel like it's so easily digestible for the masses. Yes. Which is a gift because it's, it's so refreshing. It is it's refreshing. Such a refreshing yeah. way to receive this information. Mm-hmm. Oh, Melody, you're you're a fucking rock star. You're awesome sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So are you guys? Oh, okay. <laughs> we're Stop just no we're no. just mirrors of each other. <laughs> You are so great. No, No, you are so so great. Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much to our listeners as well. We really appreciate you guys tuning in Mm -hmm. and check out Melody because she's awesome sauce, clearly. Yeah. (laughs) And um, if you haven't done so already, please make sure to hit that subscribe button. That way you are notified of all of our updates. And uh, that's it. That's all I got to say. Mic drop. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Boom. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Spirit Ninja Spiritualist Podcast. Make sure to tune in next time for more deep conversations to uplift, inspire, and blow your mind. Spiritualist.